Welcome to Head to Toe, stories from the history and future of healthcare. Welcome to the third annual Best Stories podcast. I'm your host, Marie McMillan. I'm a nurse, a writer, and a podcast host. But this episode isn't about me. It's about you and your healthcare stories from 2018. This year, I had 11 participants from across all range of healthcare specialties, from pediatric rheumatology to women's health to NCLEX coaching to travel nursing to dentistry. I talked to people from all over, from Austin to New York to Trinidad and more. These stories are their best stories of the year, and I hope you enjoy them. Because I talked to so many people again this year, I split the episode in two. You are currently listening to Best Stories, Pride and Joy. You'll hear in this episode, Denitra Hampton, Jonathan Yanis, Dr. Bobby Mansori, Amanda Jones, and Emily Latran. Be sure to also check out Best Stories, Changing the Status Quo. I'm Denitra Hampton. And I do a lot of things. I'm a nurse by trade. I also am an entrepreneur. I am an editor-in-chief of a magazine. I recently have just produced my first mini documentary, so that all of that went into the um, hat as well. So wear a lot of hats. You know, one of my favorite things that I do is teaching and educating from a diverse standpoint. So... The most fantastic thing for me throughout 2018, I have to say there has been a number of things, but the one thing for me has been educating. And I have a wonderful story about a young lady who became a nurse after trying to pass her NCLEX for about um, eight, nine years, and it took her about 10 times to pass that test. But this young lady, her name was Andrea, and I just want to say that storytelling is probably one of the most amazing things to empower our profession is being able to have a story because every nurse has a story, but you want to have a story out there in the universe that can't be told without mentioning your name. That is the key. You want a nurse to be able to only tell her life story, her nurse story, mentioning your name. And that it cannot be told unless you are in it. That's when you have done impactful work. So I have this fantastic story about this young lady by the name of Andrea. And Andrea came to my nursing center after not being able to pass that test. And she started my course. And in the middle of this course, she found out that she had cancer. I literally said to her, well, you're going to have to figure out how you're going to come back after you beat this thing. And once you beat cancer, you're going to come back to this class and you're going to finish this course and you're going to become a nurse. And about a year and a half later, Andrea called to be back after treatment. And she said, Miss Hampton, I want to come back to take your class again because I still want to be a nurse. And I literally was floored. Andrea came back to my class and went through the 16-week course again, and she is a registered nurse today. And I love to tell this story, and I hope that anyone, any student who is listening who cannot pass that test and know that they want to be a nurse, understand this. You can do whatever it is that you want to do. You can achieve anything that you set your heart out to do. And if you want to be a nurse, do everything that you can, and your dream will come true. 
And so for me, being a part of this person's life story, she is a nurse actually practicing in oncology now. And when she tells people her story, she can only tell that story mentioning Denitra Hampton. And for me, as an educator, as a leader, that is the ultimate. That is the ultimate and why I have, in particular, been put on this earth. If I don't do anything else, being able to share that story with the world is everything. So I say to all of you, whether you are students or not, every nurse has a story. You want to be a part of a story that cannot be told without mentioning your name. And that was my 2018 story of the year. I got chills. (laughs) That was wonderful. You're making my editing job easy. (laughs) My name is Jonathan Yamis. I am a DMP candidate and a psychiatric mental health nurse currently located in Los Angeles, California. I currently work in a mental health center uh, dealing mostly with adult populations and dealing with psychiatric conditions kind of across the patient gamut from uh, depression, anxiety, all the way ranging to um, drug addiction and psychosomatic disorders. My story essentially had to deal with caring for a young girl who at the time was suffering from major depressive disorder. And uh, during my time with her, I was kind of looking at her report from the previous nurse, and I discovered that the girl who I was caring for was actually non-compliant with all of her medications, as well as all her other treatment at the hospital. So when I first met the girl, uh, she appeared extremely depressed and exhibited very much little to no motivation at all to participate in her plan of care, just very um, anhedonic, avolitional, with a flat affect, just very poor eye contact. She just had really no intention or motivation to really participate in her plan of care. So trying to find a way to kind of circumvent her inability or her lack of motivation, I really wanted to research more into what her story was and what really brought her to the hospital. And as I was looking into her story and what was the reasoning behind her coming to the hospital, I was kind of surprised at this was a very small detail in her chart and I was surprised that it was her birthday <laughs> that day that I was uh, caring for her. But knowing for me personally if spending my birthday at a unusual place I, it can be very difficult for a person so I really wanted to kind of help it ease a lot of the apprehension and the fear associated with being at a strange and um, not so comfortable place and position in her life so I worked really closely with a lot of my team members and the staff members there just to try to see if we can kind of cheer her up and, and make her feel that it is her birthday and, and that she's not celebrating it in a place where she doesn't have her family and friends around her. So, you know, I spoke to the cafeteria and we managed to find and, and make like a small little cake for her. When we went ahead and the cake was brought up, we tried to find a way to kind of find a candle for her, but since it is a mental health center, um, we're not allowed to have any um, candles, like specific candles. So um, we do have crayons instead for arts and recreation. So we went ahead and used that um, as kind of like as a creative way since, you know, crayons are made out of wax. And we we went into her room and, and I, I was able to gather a couple of the nurses there and we knocked on her door and we went ahead and she was in the room, just quiet, just kind of in her bed underneath the covers. And when we knocked on the door and we 
started singing happy birthday. She was just pleasantly like surprised. She was just in shock and in awe that a bunch of random strangers, random people were coming in and remembering her birthday. And, and when we did it, we can kind of see her kind of tear up and kind of see her just emotionally overwhelmed by the fact that people actually remembered her special day. So I got a chance to speak with her one-on-one a little bit. And that was the first time she said that she felt comfortable enough to kind of open up and tell her story because she felt like being in a place such as a mental health center, of course, the stigma associated with mental health is still pretty prevalent in the world today. And she felt that she was different, quote unquote, different because of the fact that she was surrounded by people who were misunderstood. And and she felt that even though she tried to explain her situation, that we would kind of perceive her as someone who was completely different. Working in mental health for the past five years now, going on to six years, one of the biggest lessons and takeaways that I've learned personally is the understanding that it is a universal thing. I've learned that we're all human at the end of the day. And because of that, there are days where we're not our best. And there are days where we have things that happen to us that affect our mental health and our emotional and physical well-being. And, and it's something that affects all of us. And it's not something that we should ever look down at other people for having. And it's something that we should really embrace and not kind of kind of segregate and look differently just because they're suffering from quote-unquote mental illness. People are starting to understand a little bit that mental health is part of total health and it is something that is non-discriminatory, that it affects anyone and everyone regardless of your race, culture, socioeconomic background. And I think my story, seeing the fact that something as simple as singing happy birthday to someone can really trigger and really change the way that a person can participate in their plan of care. So for me personally, I, I felt really, really blessed to be a part of that. You know, these are the moments when patients are at their absolute worst. It's, it was really an amazing experience. I'm Dr. Bobby Mansuri. I'm a dermatologist and I work in private practice in Austin, Texas. And this is my best story of 2018. You know, my 2018 was probably, you know, the most interesting and the best year of my career to this point. It's the year that I finally graduated residency and I became a board certified dermatologist and I started my first big boy attending doctor job. Um, you know, the thing about it is that this year has been so special and these little moments have meant so much because I look back a lot on everything that sort of led up to this. You know, I, I was in college for four years, worked really hard to get into medical school. I was in medical school for four years, worked really hard to get into the residency I wanted to be in, which at the time was radiology. And then I started working hard towards my residency, and all of a sudden I realized I didn't want to be a radiologist. I wanted to do something else, and I ended up finding dermatology, and then it took me another two and a half years to get into dermatology residency while I was doing a a research fellowship in dermatology, and then it took another three years for me to do an entire dermatology residency. And I still remember when I started residency, There was an attending who had just started being an attending that year, but she and I had graduated medical school at the same time because of this 
circuitous route that I had taken. So as my last year sort of wore on in 2018, it, you know, when you're going through medical training, you just, you know that someday it's, you're going to get there and it's going to happen for you, but it really sometimes just doesn't feel like it's going to happen. You know what I mean? It just, it just sort of feels like this dream that is never going to be realized because it's so far away. And as, as I started getting closer and closer to it, you know, I could see the light at, at the end of the tunnel and I was like, is this really happening? Is it really happening? And so finally, you know, graduation comes and goes and it happened and it was great. And then I had my last day in the clinic and I remember thinking before that last day, I'm kind of, um, I'm kind of a sap. Um, I'm a little bit of a crybaby. Like when I watch my favorite TV shows, like The Office and all that stuff, when there are emotional moments in the show, uh, I'm like tearing up for sure, right? So on my last day, I was like, I know this is going to be really emotional for me. But the craziest thing was I was elated. I was so happy to be leaving. And not necessarily leaving my residency or my friends, but I was just so happy. I felt like, wow, you know, it's done. Like, it's actually finished. I can't believe this happened. This is, you know, 11 years in the making, and and it happened. You know what I mean? So I was just so, so happy. And then, of course, I have to turn around and study for, like, four weeks really hard for my board exam. I go to my board exam. And it was as happy as I was on the last day of residency. The day I took my board exam was the exact opposite. I was super stressed out and I took the exam and it was the hardest exam by far that I have ever taken. I've taken the MCAT. I've taken the USMLE step exams and, and all of those seemed fine to me. But my board exam, I was certain that I had failed. And the other thing was everyone else that took it was certain they had failed too. So, you know, it was, it was just this demoralizing experience that we all sort of had right after we had all finished residency and felt so good about ourselves. So it was, you know, it was sort of a jarring experience. And then they also didn't really tell us when we were getting our exam scores back. So, you know, you have this high that you're on from graduation and then you're at an all time low after taking this exam. Like I've worked all these years and now I'm not even going to become board certified because I definitely failed that test. And then I started my job and, you know, I, I got back to feeling really great because, you know, once you're finally there and, and you're in your job and you're working and you're you're the doctor, you're the one you really start to feel good about it again. Like this is what I worked all of those years for and it starts to feel really good. And then probably three or four weeks into my job, I still remember it was a, it was a Friday on Fridays. I worked half day. And, um, and so I was on my way to my parents' house to, to have lunch with them. And so my parents also recently just moved to the Austin area because my sister is here. I had decided to work here. Like really 2018, like everything sort of came together. All of my family came together in one place and I started my job and, you know, it was, it was great. So I got to go over to my parents' house, just drive to their house and have lunch. So I'm on my way. 
I'm looking at Google Maps, and all of a sudden this banner comes up on my phone. And I was like, did that say American Board of Dermatology? And I was like, no. Obviously on my phone while I'm driving, shouldn't be doing it. I look at my email on my phone, and I see the title. It says American Board of Dermatology. And so I immediately just like veer into the nearest parking lot, which is this random apartment. I, I park in a space. I'm frantically like getting my phone, clicking on things. But then, you know, I had I had already been working up to this moment. And I thought to myself, you know, if I get this email during the day at work, should I open it then? Should I wait? What if I failed? What if, you know, you know, there were all these what ifs. And the other part of it was that in general, usually when they um, when they send those emails, they send you something saying that your scores are back. And uh, go sign into your account on our website and uh, and check your score. And I was like, I don't even remember my username or my password or anything. I'm sitting here on my cell phone. I'm in the middle of a parking lot. I barely even know where I am right now. And so I was like, okay, whatever. I'm just going to open the email and I'll, I'll figure out the rest. So I opened the email and then all of a sudden I started reading it and I realized this was my congratulations. Like they weren't sending me a link. I didn't have to go anywhere. I didn't have to have a username or a password. They were sending me my congratulations right then. I had passed my board exam and I just like looked up and I just let out a scream. I mean, I was, I was just pumped. It was great. And it was, you know, everything had been building up to that moment and it felt so, so good. And I, you know, I'm just like, texting all my friends from residency and all the people I know who took the test, you know, I'm calling my parents and I'm like, I'm on my way. This happened, blah, blah, blah. So it was, I mean, it was just great, but really, you know, 2018 has been such a great year and really all of these moments together, this is what I think everyone who's in medicine wants to go through if they're not there yet. Or once they've been through it, they remember that experience because of everything that led up to it. So, yeah, that's my story. So I'm Amanda Jones. I'm a registered nurse and also a writer. And this is one of my best stories. Well, I I guess the best way to begin is uh, at the beginning. So I entered nursing school in 2002. Before nursing, I must say that I was a writer in terms of uh, writing poetry and uh, just expressing my feelings as an introvert. I would use poetry. So I went into nursing and I went into nursing with that on the back burner. However, in trying to address uh, certain concerns or needs or issues that patients had, I more or less married it to writing and nursing to provide information to my patients that would help them more or less. But what really got me serious serious with the writing was my best friend, she lives in Florida. And usually at the point in time, I was working at the Eyes and ENT clinic. And where we work, the cell phone service is usually terrible. So when someone tries to get through a call to you, it's pretty difficult to, to do so. But on this particular day, and I guess all things work for good, and, and in hindsight, so, um, she really, her getting true to me on that particular day was uh, 
the start of a lot of things because she asked me when she got through the call to go visit her father-in-law who was admitted to the hospital. He was uh, admitted to a ward which was on the opposite side of the hospital to me. And But I knew in my mind it would not be immediate. So at the end of my shift, I went across and the ward he was admitted to was Ward 6. That was the information she gave me. But there were two Ward 6. One was Ward 6 Surgical and the other was Ward 6 Neuro. So I had to go visit both wards to more or less figure out where he was because she didn't know what specifically happened to him. And I went on 6 Neuro, didn't see him. And then I went across to the 6 Surgical Ward. And as I was walking through that particular ward, it's the ward that most diabetic patients are admitted to when they have some complication, really. And I was walking through the ward. I saw patients of all different, because it's an open ward setting, patients of different ages. So as I made my, my walk to the back of the ward searching for him, and I finally found him, I stood there talking, you know, just updating myself uh, with what's going on with him. And then he was talking to me and telling me what he was going through. I was really taken aback to what diabetes was doing to our population because the ward was full. And I went home that particular evening and my heart was really burdened by what I saw. And that very evening, I penned a poem called My Encounter with Diabetes. And that was related to that particular incident. But then I started thinking, what else can I do? Yes, I'm a nurse. I interact with patients in my area. But how can I get more out of this? And I just started writing about diabetes in poetry format. And the aim was to use rhymes to help patients remember the information and hopefully um, they would remember it and probably, not probably, but the aim is to apply it. And I really got feedback from that because I was working in a clinic setting. Patients would come very early and their waiting room would be filled to capacity. And we would do our patient teaching at that point in time before they go in to see the doctors. I started summarizing the topics that I taught on. And because of the clinic setting, you see your patients ever so often, they would give me feedback and I would look for them and ask them questions based on what was read and how it was presented. That gave me the motivation to continue doing what I was doing in that light. I have a children's book. It's called The ABCs of Diabetes for Children. And that it's the same rhyming format. Um, it's more visual, children love color, and the artwork is geared towards children's piquing their interests. So that gives the basics of um, the explanation of diabetes and what to expect. However, I do have an, an adult book. It's called Poems for Patients, a focus on diabetes. And, you know, as you would go through a medical surgical textbook, you would get definition, signs and symptoms, uh, treatment modalities, uh, everything that, that you would get in a medical surgical textbook. It's uh, presented in 
poetry format in this particular book for adults. When you see your patients, let's say in the waiting room, reading your books and watching their diabetes improve over time, how does that make you feel as a nurse? You know, there's a there's a, a saying where each one can teach one. And I, I feel so great just to see that uh, I am making a difference, even in the smallest of ways. And when I talk to patients and they actually voice that this is helping them in that particular way, and they are more receptive to it, to the information, it gives me the motivation to continue doing what I'm doing. Hi, this is Dr. Emily Letran. Uh, I am the best mom in the world. I'm a certified high-performance coach, speaker, and dentist. I've been a dentist for 26 years. And my best story for 2018 is my daughter getting accepted to dental school. The reason is it's a story about legacy. Um, You see, I came to this country back in 1981 as a refugee. Um, I came without my parents. I came with my aunt, Vietnam. So this is back in 1981. This is when um, there was an exodus of Vietnamese boat people who came to the United States. And we settled here as refugees. So as refugees, I came knowing very little English. We really have nothing. My luggage were hope and faith. And when we came to this country, I started from nothing. My drive was to finish school early, to get out there and make some money to help the family. We live in an extended family with my aunt. So from from very young, I learned the value of commitment. I learned the value of relationships. Um, because you got to connect with people. You got to learn from them. You got to help them for them to help you. So I went through through undergrad in three years, finished Phi Beta Kappa, Magna Cum Laude. And then I went to UCLA Dental School actually got um, the Dean's Apollonian Scholarship and holding a part-time job all the time. When I came out, I was very driven. I bought my first dental practice, my second dental practice, my third dental practice. I was always busy. You know, I'm married. I got three kids. I'm the one taking the kids to school in the morning. And that that went on for many, many years until the very youngest one now is going to high school. And throughout all that time, what I've learned is to appreciate and have the gratitude of what I have, to have the gratitude and the appreciation, knowing that we are actually blessed to have that opportunity to serve. Um, I think sometimes that is missing in some of us, especially when we're busy, when we're overwhelmed and, and, and we're just showing up to, quote, do the job. My children absolutely have watched me over the years because sometimes they had to go to work with mom. So recently when my daughter finished undergrad, she told me that she wanted to go into dental school. And, you know, as any good mom, of course, I'm excited. But the other side of me is saying, you know, I really don't want her to go in there just because she thinks I want her to be like me. I hope she knows all the challenges (laughs) that go along the way with having a business. So when she made that decision, I was I was very happy, but I was trying to not show that too much. And so she she went on, she took her test, and we went to interview together. When I went 
on the interview with her, that brought back a lot, a lot of memories because uh, when I was applying to school, I didn't have to go interview. But I remember the feeling of buying the ticket, of traveling to an unknown city. We were uh, we went to Chicago, so she's never been there. It was cold. We come from California. We don't know anybody. We we go to the school. It's a totally brand new environment. And 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 I thought about myself back so many years ago, uh, going through that experience. And then I have more gratitude that we are blessed to have the opportunity to be able to apply to a professional school, that she is lucky to have me to support her, to be able to go to all these interviews. And then I am super, super blessed and grateful that I can watch this journey of my daughter growing up and going down the same path as I did. And, you know, a lot of time when we think about a best story, it's one moment in time. This best story, as I see it for 2018, is not just one moment. It's, it's, it's like a movie. It's my emotions. It's my experience. It's what I've been through to be able to achieve what I have and to give my children the life that they could have. And for my daughter to have the opportunity, the inspiration to go on to a career to help serve people, to make a difference in people's lives, to have her own business and create impact right in the local community. Because as you know, as all healthcare providers, we create so much impact in our patients' lives. Sometimes we just don't think about it. We, we think we're just taking care of one cold. We're just taking care of one tooth. We just check, you know, one set of eyes. But one person is connected to so many people. Um, one person's health makes a difference to all the people that they love. And when we think of it like that, we can see the impact that we make. And when we think about the journey that we've been through, and what we've able to accomplish. And now seeing somebody who will continue that journey, who certainly should be better prepared financially and everything and emotionally, because now my daughter has somebody like me to to lead her, to back her up. It's a story of joy, of gratitude, and it's my best story for 2018. And there you have it. Thanks to all the guests for participating in Best Stories 2018. I'm Marie McMillan. This is Head to Toe. Happy New Year, everyone. Stay tuned for more Head to Toe in 2019. Bye.